Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Welcome to the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, episode number 55. When I read this quote, I really couldn't believe it, but here it is. So where's the Cannes Film Festival being held this year? Christina Aguilera. Broadcasting from the back alley in Hollywood, it's the Indie Film Hustle Podcast, where we show you how to survive and thrive as an indie filmmaker in the jungles of the film biz. And here's your host, Alex Ferrari. Welcome, my indie film hustlers, to another episode of the Indie Film Hustle Podcast. My name is Alex Ferrari, and I am your humble host. Today's show is sponsored by Industry Jump. Industry Jump is a global community of verified filmmakers providing the next generation of filmmakers with the resources required to grow their businesses, learn new skills, and manage their careers. You can sign up for free. You can even create a verified portfolio, search for film crew to hire for your next projects, and learn from top-tier creators in the industry through live video mentoring. So if you want to check this out, guys, head over to industryjump.com. Today's show is also sponsored by Shotlister. Paper shotless suck. And when something inevitably goes wrong on set, you're left to scribble all over your perfect plan. But with Shotlister, you can schedule your film shot by shot and minute by minute. Then on set, just update your shot list and Shotlister automatically does the math so you know exactly what you're doing. Check out Shotlister.com, which is available on macOS, iOS, and Android. And as a special bonus, Shotlister is giving away 50 free downloads every month. Just email IndieFilmHustle at Shotlister.com for your free copy. So today we have a good friend of mine, uh, Daniel Soule, the film programmer and co-founder of the Holly Shorts Film Festival here in Hollywood, California. I have a long history with Danny uh, and Theo, both uh, the guys who created uh, Holly Shorts. My first film, Broken, was played in their very first film festival. And since that time, from a humble 40-seat room in a hotel somewhere, they've gone to uh, the Chinese theater here in Los Angeles and turned into the biggest short film festival in Los Angeles, if not the country, one of the, con- one of the biggest in the country as well. So I invited Daniel to come on the show because I really wanted to get the perspective of a film festival programmer. What really goes on behind the scenes of a real good film festival and their practices, answer a bunch of questions that uh, we didn't know the answers to before we actually talked to an actual film festival programmer. Obviously, you guys know that uh, I did a a course called Film Festival Hacks with Chris Holland from FilmFestivalSecrets.com and we really dug deep, deep into the uh, the process of making uh, to submitting to film festivals, what you could do for them, and so on. But I really wanted to get Danny in the show because I wanted to ask him these questions and see how much of this stuff was really going on behind the scenes, 
how he treats how they treat filmmakers, how they treat the films that come in, the business side of film festivals, and so on. And just from a side note, Danny and Theo treat their filmmakers that come into the Holly Shorts like family. They really care about filmmakers. They really care about putting on a really good show. And that's why they've grown uh, so much over the last decade and have become a premier uh, short film festival around the world. So, man, get ready to take some notes. As always, Danny Soul is going to bring it. Enjoy, guys. I would like to welcome to the show the legendary Daniel Soul from Holly Shorts Film Festival. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Of course. Thank you for having me, Alex. So, um, as I've told you guys before, um, I'm a big fan of Holly Shorts. Me, me and Danny go back uh, over 10 years now. What, 10, 11, 12 years, something like that? Yeah, it's, uh, 12 years now. It's been 12. <laughs> Jesus, my God, we're old. Uh, <laughs> uh, my film, uh, my short film, Broken, uh, was in his very, very first uh, film festival uh, with Holly Shorts, where there was how many people in the room? 40 seat theater. We had 40 seats. We had 50 people or so standing room only. So Look it was at that. like oversold crowd. We, you know, we sold what we could. I <laughs> got him in there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember I remember uh seeing the pictures you sent me. I was like, "Wow, they look at standing room only." You you picked it's like 50 or so folks in there. Yeah, we, we packed it up for the little place. It was the space was small, but we we crammed it up. <laughs> yeah, and that was the funniest thing too. Is the picture I got sent was like all you could see is people. I'm like, "Man, there must be hundreds there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it looked it looked a little crazier than it was, although it was at a good energy and it was uh, very busy. Uh, uh but granted it was a, you know, 40 seat uh East Hollywood hole in the wall, but (laughs) we packed it up though. We packed it up as best we could. (laughs) And you know what? And from where you started your humble beginnings of Holly shorts to where it is today. um, And for you, for those listening, don't understand uh, how big Holly shorts has gotten. uh, Holly shorts has kind of become the short film festival in LA for sure. uh, But one of the bigger short film festivals in the country, uh, if not the world, uh, because of, uh, of what Danny and Theo, um, the co-founders, uh, Theo, the co-founder as well, have done with the with the thing with the with the festival, and it is like I was. Uh, I guess I was invited what five years ago when we did Red Princess. I think it's two thousand ten. I think that was five years ago. Yeah, yeah, we were at the we were at the DG. Ago, yeah. yeah, we were at the DGA uh, theater at that time, yeah. um, and I was just like I had just gotten to LA uh, a little bit ago after before that, and I was just like, oh my god, this is. <laughs> holy cow like yeah you definitely got to see a little bit of the before and after because i mean granted you weren't there for the first year of broken but you saw the pictures you participated you know what the process was at the time how oh. we were and all this stuff to that where you know we had you know uh dga holds you know almost a thousand people oh. sold out and the red carpet was crazy with all these celebrities and some good press and and uh, you know, great party. The energy was high. Oh, it was it was free drink. You know, it was definitely you see the scope of change. I mean, it wasn't uh, clearly, obviously, it wasn't that anymore. It was a, a much bigger event, and we had a great, uh, a great spotlight shown on those films, which was what we were excited about. And for you, because you were there for us with day one. Yeah, so, like being that, and then being able to show your film and have that better platform. Oh, it cool was kind of you know way to see both sides. It was oh. cool to be able to 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 do that. Oh, absolutely, man. And and, and being, you know, uh, doing the red carpet was so much fun and but the best the, the the best experience I have is I've never seen any of my work look as good as it did at the DGA because their screening room is insane yeah yeah. Uh, yeah it's very good it's a very high quality very very good <laughs> sound picture quality is top notch they they do their tests their rejection team is great like it's yeah it was definitely top notch they're, they're definitely top notch there there's you know? no yeah. question and, but, and now you move to the chinese theater which is yeah. uh, it's not too shabby either 
Yeah, not, not too bad, not too bad. <laughs> well, once you go to that, that quality, that level of quality, there's only so many places you can go. And if you're staying in Hollywood, and you have the DGA, you have the Chinese Theater, you have the Arclight. Yeah. You know, and those are kind of basically your main options. I mean, there's others. Yeah. Uh, Harmony Gold and other places like that. But th- this is, they don't compare. Those are the top, those are for me the top and that can- for quality, the size count of seats, you know, mm-hmm. people you can actually attend, uh, the size of the venues out without getting too big. I mean, Dolby and El Capitan, those places are just too massive. And really right, uh, right. You know, get, go that big and, and afford that. We're not a Disney studio uh, premiere, you know, we don't have that kind of <laughs> Disney unlimited budget for, for a Marvel or a, you know, a Star Wars movie. Star Wars. They don't have the Star Wars premiere blocking off all of Hollywood for $10 million or whatever they, they spent on that premiere. Jesus. <laughs> that know, was a bigger big. premiere. That was the biggest premiere in history. It was bigger than the yeah. Oscars. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was yeah. They blocked off more than even Oscars too as far as street blockage. It was it's crazy. But it's, it's yeah. It. So, I mean, for our for our area of where we are, uh, you know, we felt of all those options. We've done all those options. We've done the DJ. We've been at the Arclight. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we felt for all those, the Chinese Theater became our home and what we felt was the best option to have. Yeah, how long how many years have you been there? This is our fourth year. Okay. This will be our fourth year there. Um it goes by pretty quick and, and um we've done different things there. We've had parties there and parties outside, mm-hmm. um use multiple screens, use the the downstairs, the main old Grommans quote unquote uh Chinese theater mm-hmm. uh for opening night the first time we were there. Mm-hmm. Um it was a great deal. It was amazing. Um now we use multiple screens for opening night to have the equal seat count upstairs right. in the sixplex. But uh the IMAX they installed is kind of Push that up to where that main house is very, uh, very expensive now. So. <laughs> of course, and the, and we're in the summertime in August. So with the premieres of, of what we're up against with premieres and things like that, and big big movies coming out in August, um, you know, it's kind of made it more difficult. We're, we're working to get back there to get back in there for opening night because it was great that year we had it there and just have that huge. I mean, to be in that that theater, you know, it's legendary. Oh my you know, god, that films there, it's really cool. It was a cool moment when we first got there. Our first year doing that there. It was our first time at the theater now. Finally, the festival's kicking off. It's opening night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're giving a speech. You look up and you see this sold-out room. And in front of you is all these people coming to our festival. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's a cool moment. I, I, I felt it was it was pretty, I guess you could say somewhat validating or pretty cool. Like to say, hey, we've gotten to a certain place to be able to be here. And where I came as a kid to see like The Fugitive and stuff. And Yeah, I know, right? Is that crazy? Movies and stuff I saw when I used to live here as a kid a little bit uh, in between L.A. and Miami. Like it was like that now I'm here. And it's it's sold out and there's all these people here and, and it was crazy it, it was cool it's pretty cool so it's a great place to be it's a great home for us so um the question i've i've been always wanting to ask you i've never asked you this question why the hell did you start a film festival <laughs> <laughs> because my friend i i see i saw a little bit of behind the scenes of how you guys do what you do and it's not yeah. like by the way guys danny's not like you know scrooge mcducking it in gold bullion because he's running holly shorts you know this is a labor of love but i have to ask why the hell did you start this yeah it's always it's a it's a very fair question it's a it's a question sometimes you ask yourself (laughs) (laughs) tell me tell me about it brother (laughs) you know um to be honest i mean but it's there's a few parts to it but i mean uh, mainly uh at the time because again we didn't have the grand vision of knowing what it could end up being or where we would go uh so to take it a step further back i guess we could say i mean we're at the time we were 24 and theo and i Give a little quick backstory with you. And I grew up together in Miami. Um, and uh, I moved here first. Uh, my brother and grandmother were here, and they kind of pushed us to move out here. And, and we just felt like, you know what? Let's just let's just do it. So I came first, and I moved out in 2000. And I uh, was working in the business, and he got me some PA jobs. He's, he was an actor, and he he had jobs in Tony K Films and, and stuff, and and uh, commercials. And so he was getting me some gigs. So I was working as a PA on set, and just trying to learn my way. I was 20, 21, um, and then working the business, and then 
you do your little side acting jobs, standing jobs. You know, we made we produced a few little shorts. We're just knowing people in the business, people working. And mm-hmm. uh, over that time, and the Theo moved out here, and he was getting started in public relations, and he wanted to create an event. We we were doing these little one-off uh, comedy events and just throwing little. We're used to promotions from the Miami culture, right? You promote oh, events yeah. and clubs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thing. We had some of that in our blood from doing events. We threw parties at you know, 15, 16 in high school. We rented out a ranch. You know, We were throwing parties. So we had a bit of our, an event background in our in our blood. It's kind of like the, the festivities, throwing events, bringing people together is something that we like doing. Mm-hmm. So taking it back to now more present, 2004, Theo and I had a phone call, and we just said you know, we, we should start a film festival. Uh, we have friends <laughs> that have films that have nowhere to show them. We didn't. We weren't impressed with what we saw with the festivals that were here at the time. Um, I just felt, you know, we, my brother had a little theater, the Space Theater, a little hole in the wall, forty seat theater. Uh, we could get from him, and we'll get a projector, and let's just <laughs> let's put on let's a show. French who's going and put on a show and just get it started. <laughs> we knew filmmakers that needed that wanted to present work. Uh, we we knew people who were actors. We knew people in the business. We were in the business ourselves, trying to break through. You either got to do something here, or you just got to sit back and, and just talk. It's either the other. You're talking or you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we met too many people talking and we wanted to do something. You mean in LA? People talk? No. <laughs> no. Not at all. Not never at all. happens. <laughs> so I was like, I, I met enough people on set and things. I just talked. I was like, you know, I, 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 we got to do something. We got to make something happen. Um, we have some resources. We could do something. We have some connections we've learned and met along the way. And and uh, let's try to bring that together and uh, and bring our background of love of events and passion for film. And bring it all together and, and try to make something happen. So, so that was the beginning, and that was the idea. Uh, and then not knowing where that would go, we just said, "Let's just get it started, and let's see if we can survive it. If it if we do it, and it's just a bad idea, or we didn't like it, or it sucked, or it was just a poorly attended event, or whatever." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then I guess maybe we'd say, "You know, let's just stop this." But it went so well that first year we just caught the bug. I mean, we felt very strong about what we did in that little theater. And and how know, many? Was, and let me. How many submissions did you get that year? Oh, that first year was like I think it was like we screened twenty three movies. Uh, two days, um, and then had our Friday little party, opening night, or opening night, quote unquote party. It was at this bungalow club on Melrose. Which I think <laughs> I'm not sure. I think I'm pretty sure it's closed down now. Sure, uh, sure. It's still there, but it's something else now. I forget what it's called. Uh-huh. Um, and we had like 30 submissions or something. 32. So it was basically. So like, I was one of those. I was one of those 32 submissions. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was like there wasn't many outside that didn't get in. So if you didn't get in, it's like damn. <laughs> it's like, man, something happened if you didn't get it in 2005, 2004. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, I mean, yours was like a lock, you know, like, oh, this is amazing. Like, this is great. Because there was some films out comparably, especially to now. Right. Uh, you know, obviously the scope of films we're getting now around the world and everything. Sure, sure. I mean, some films we screened that, quite frankly, were, you know, very on the amateur level. This is also, you know, you got to remember 2004, 2005 didn't Technology. feel that, that long ago, but it is like. Oh, that's, that's it, like, it is, it's like dog years. Yeah, it's night and day. I mean, there was, this is pre YouTube. So there was no YouTube yet. Uh, there was like iFilm and, and these these websites. There wasn't much, so people were posting stuff online. But digital was still kind of coming. Oh, streaming was no like red camera, streaming, no streaming was horrible. So we're still getting VHS submissions at the time. We had VHS submissions as well, so we actually literally had VCRs watching some VHS submissions. So this is kind of dates us that way. So so like, oh, so so I'll stop. Boys and girls, there's this format called VHS. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> there used to be stores you would have to go to to rent. These things, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, you know, I miss them. I want to go back. To oh stuff. man, I miss, well, that's a whole other episode, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we, we just said, let's just start this thing, and we wanted to make something happen. Uh, we love film, we love doing events, we wanted to bring people together. Uh, we knew a lot of creatives and filmmakers and people that we knew in the business from friendships, relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother's people he knew because he's been in the business a while acting and stuff, so just felt like let's bring that together. 
And uh, and it was a way to bring us together. We moved here separately, but sort of together mm-hmm. with a discussion mm-hmm. of myself and Theo and other people from Florida. Uh, you know, we wanted to you know make something happen here, and so all those things combined. Um, so that, yeah, that crazy was, that, that, was that, that crazy idea of like let's open up a film festival, and you yeah, were yeah, you were young the world, enough. You do find out it is kind of crazy because there's so much. There's so much minutia and detail that goes into everything. Oh my god! I annually, and it's an annual thing, right? So you do it, and when it's done for that year, it's done. It's like you take that breath, and it's like, wow, okay, that you got through all that and got all that planning done and everything. And then it's like, okay, let's redo that and start again. I always joke, it's basically like you're you're planning and 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 getting married every year. You're planning a wedding every year and getting married. You know the funny, but the funny thing is that when you're 24 and you start a film festival, you're naive enough to think that this is like I can do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because if if, yeah. if if I would talk to you today with you never doing a film festival prior and go, let's start a film festival, you would look at me like you're absolutely nuts. Like, yeah, let's, it's let's, a different <laughs> conversation as you get older and you get more tired and you're like, oh, you know, this is uh, you know, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Early 20s, you're running around, you can do anything. You're like, let's look, do it all. Not that we're, look, 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 not that we're that old but yeah. <laughs> it's 24 and let's say over 30 <laughs> yeah. is is a lot different as far as uh yeah. energy and all that kind of stuff goes yeah, so certainly. what's um how, how many submissions do you get now average uh annually so um just for the fest alone last year we received uh basically around 2200 submissions uh, nice that's wow. um, that's a lot better than 32 <laughs> yeah much much more than 32 much much more and then you know so a lot more watching <laughs> yeah. um, and that was last year. That's just for the festival. Um, we also have uh, separate entries for the monthly screening series. So if some people just want to submit to the monthly screenings for the showcase and just want to screen in a monthly, they, they submit to that separately. So it's a different submission point, a uh, lower price point, and it's, it's a rolling submission. So people can submit any time throughout the year. To we, we're, So we're continually reviewing those films to see what we'll place at different monthly events uh, throughout the year. Um, so there's that going on separately. So with that combined, it's, it's now you're probably talking more like, I guess twenty five hundred or so, give or take, maybe more, um, for the whole year. You know, adding it all together. Right, right. Now, um, do you do you watch every film that's submitted? Uh, I try to. I try. Do to. you personally, uh, or do I, you? Now, you have to, teams. I used to personally watch everything. Uh, now it's more that I try to watch as much as possible. There is, but we have a bigger review team now that's helping because you have to realize that we have to also take a step back, or even myself, of trying to always watch everything. You know, and sometimes multiple times with some films, obviously that. Time wise, it's just it's just not very uh, viable to do that. Right. Um, you know, I got I had to kind of balance it out because it's difficult. But up to this point, we still have. Um, this year, we're going to do probably more of a process of we've assigned a bigger review team. We've uh, plucked a lot of industry folks and say, "Hey guys, we need help reviewing some films. Come in and watch." And we're going to assign films to everyone, and then we review the, the scores. Come in and check, and we'll rewatch films of certain scores. And that's kind of the process we're going to have with our jury t- this year mm-hmm. um, that we're implementing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still watching a lot of films, if not all. But it used to be where it was like, you know, uh, easier to do. I mean, now it's you watch well, 100 films, 100 films, 1,000 films. Now we're talking thousands. It's 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 an, it's physically yeah. impossible uh, to do yeah. one person to do. Yeah. And I was I remember when uh, I, I, I came over six years ago uh, <laughs> to see to uh, to show you guys uh, Red Princess. Um, I remember the screening process was it was right. In- intense. <laughs> was, right? Yeah, we get we get together. I mean, we still do that same process where we get together once every weekend or other weekend uh-huh. um, because it's a family atmosphere. We're yeah, all, of course. You know, yeah, we consider each, we're all we've known each other all of our lives. 
with some of the people on the review team. Yeah, some absolutely. Of, uh, Theo's family, his cousin helps us judge. His cousin's in the business. He's been a director and DP for a long time. Um, you know, from New York days to Florida to here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a team of people that we really trust their opinion, and also they've been in the business a long time. And we get together, and for us that we grew up together, a lot of us, it's, it's, it's a family thing. So we're, we're just getting together. We just say, sit down. We sit all day. We just we pick a day on the weekend. And just do and it. We just watch, just watch all day and review, take notes, discuss, give our scores out, and then just organize the films based on that. And just So we're still doing that process. It's just you know, with one more help from a strong jury because we just we, we had to, we had to lean on some, some help with some of that. But um, that process is still intact where we get together and just crank out films and watch and discuss. And, and that way we can have that discussion and, and still – know everything we're getting, you know, coming through our doors, so to right. speak. I mean, the films we get, we want to know what we have. We want to make sure we review and leave no stone, stone unturned and make sure we give everyone that fair shot. Uh, we don't want to just have people submit and watch films and that kind of stuff we hear about these stories. Uh, All right. I mean, I, I don't, for two reasons. One, it's not fair. Well, of course two, not. Two, it's also, you don't want to be, the, you don't have egg, egg on your face. I mean, you're representing <laughs> ourselves. We're also, what if we don't, you don't watch a film or something and the film is, is a fantastic film. You end up just like kind of putting aside and not even watching. I mean, I would just, I don't understand that. You know, we want to obviously put on the best show possible and show the best films we can possibly show. Yeah, that, um, that's what I that's what I love about Holly Shorts and what you guys do. There's such a love behind what you guys do, and and I've been at, like I've I've been in you know as well as uh, anyone. I've been in over 600 film festivals with all of my projects yeah. over the course of my career. So I've seen and been to many film festivals, even some local ones that I won't discuss that were not as uh, as nice as you, uh, <laughs> but. Um, but the love that you have for what you guys are doing, and it is such a family environment. Um, it is very, very much like that. Um, is it okay if I tell the story of how I submitted Red Princess? Oh, no, no, go ahead. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I just finished, I literally am finishing editing Red Princess, and I know Holly Shores is coming up, and I kind of planned it a little bit. I'm like, you know what? I want to get it to the boys and see if they would be interested in screening it. And I've never once ever since and before I've ever shown anyone my product, my, my film before it's finished. And I, I came over and that's when I saw the screening, the screening process. Hold on, hold on one second. I got to sneeze. <laughs> oh, oh my God. <laughs> <clears throat> that one I've been fighting for about five minutes. Uh, <laughs> we will cut that out. Um, so anyway, so uh, I see this, I see the screening process. And I walk in and I, I, I go back into the room where I have a DVD, which is without visual effects, without final sound. And it's just basically a, a final edit, but not fully done by any stretch. I'd say probably about 70% done. Uh, and I don't even think I colored it at that point. I don't even think it was color graded either. Uh, so I I come over and I have this DVD and you and Theo pop it into your Mac, which was like a G4 <laughs> in the back somewhere and we pop it in and I just sit there watching it on this little this little TV <laughs> this little uh, monitor tube monitor uh, for this G4 and I'm sitting there like oh my god is this is this gonna work and then you both of you I think at that point both of you are like yeah it's in what do you, do you want yeah we're, yeah sure we want it no problem and I think it was either that night or the a few days later you guys contacted me it's like hey do you would you want to do opening night uh, you know, with all the other films, I'm like, oh, that would be amazing. So that was my experience with uh, submitting <laughs> Red Princess Blues to Holly, and they got the <laughs> and they got the world premiere. You know, and that's another thing that I think a lot of filmmakers don't understand is once they start building relationships with festivals, um, those are relationships that you can you know work with going forward in your career. So like, you know, if I have a short film, 
you know, Theo and Dan are, are getting the first call. I'm like, hey, I want to premiere my short at your festival. Um, and that's a good thing for both Danny and for and, and for for Holly Shorts and for us as, as filmmakers because they get first crack at maybe hopefully something really good and really cool. Um, and we have an access to a, a wonderful place to show yeah. our film. Well, well, certainly. I mean, you know, this is a um... – I mean, in the end, like any business, it's a relationship business. Um, and uh, I know there's some there's a sort of veil covering a lot of festivals. Some people don't know who's responsible or there's a certain uh, wall put up. And I understand some of the reason for that. Obviously, there, there's there's reasons for that. Um, but, you know, you have to be yourself. You have to operate way you in your own philosophy. And for us, uh, we are very personable. Uh, we, we love the filmmakers. We don't, you know, some Again, I'm not trying to like downplay the festivals, say, but just comparing, there, there are some festivals or some events and things that just they, they don't. Uh, it's weird, like the, the customer is the filmmaker, but they don't really like the filmmaker, or there's a resentment. <laughs> I don't know what, or they don't take care of them, or they don't respect them, or yeah, yeah. There's something there. Maybe it's there's a certain resentment, or uh, maybe it's because of the, the jaded nature of the business, or you're doing something a long time, or you feel like you know, I, I was a you know, some festivals you hear the stories, people are a fail filmmaker, they do a festival, and so now there's like a resentment thing, this weird dynamic. I mean, we don't have that. Again, maybe it's back to the we started something young, eager, excited. Mm-hmm. Um, we have that mentality. So there's a certain naivete in that, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe something like that. Um, but that our philosophy is just to, um, to to create an atmosphere of a sort of family. Once you're in and you've been accepted by Holly Shorts, um, we obviously have a certain love or feeling or affection for the work you've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everyone gets in. It is competitive. Uh, so so once that that happens, there's a relationship that started. Um, and not everyone's going to be, we're not going to be as close to every filmmaker and be have sure. these kind of relationships like you and I may have or, mm-hmm. or others, but you know, every, you know, if there's people involved here, it's a people business. You're going to, you're going to make relationships with people and you're going to say, Hey, I like this guy's work. I like this girl's work. You know, we keep in touch, want to promote and share their stuff and, uh, put them out there. If we believe in any of the people we're screening and believe in their work, we're going to want to put them out there in the best way possible. So there's a reflection on them, reflects on us. So it's exciting for us when we say, hey, this guy got nominated for an Oscar. Great. That's, we love that film. We love them. They're great. We're going to want to promote that kind of thing and, and, and things of that nature. I mean, it's just – you've, ha- you've, Os- you've had some Oscar nominees, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's... Yeah, over the years we have. And this year we have uh, one this year we're very, very proud of. Uh, our, our grand jury winner last year, uh, Shock, mm-hmm. directed by Jamie Donahue. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, his, uh, his film is nominated this year and uh, you know we were hoping we'll see if, if he wins. It would be great. Yeah. Uh, but we're very excited for that because it's – you know, the, the Academy showing a stamp of approval for that film, and it's a film that won our festival. So, and we're excited, and, and we got to meet the filmmaker at the festival and get to know him well. And um, he's a great guy, and his film's fantastic. And so, we're excited for him. You know, it's it's a big deal for for a young filmmaker like him to, to be able to get this, this this opportunity is huge. So, so I'm um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give the opposite side of the, what you just said, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm not gonna name names, but there is another festival, another short film festival in Los Angeles. I will not say their name, but they basically treated me completely the opposite of the way Holly Shorts treated me. Uh, and it's something I never forgot. And it was a horrible experience. And it was with Broken. I think it was even the same year. Uh, because I think it was, no, I think it was the year after. I think it was the year after. Uh, like we had already done like another 40 or 50 festivals we had done at that point. And we got accepted into this big, you know, supposedly the big short film festival here in Los Angeles. And and they, um, we flew out on our dime and we were thrown into this block of, you know, like faceless, you know, like this faceless, you know, screening with a bunch of other shorts. Nobody was really there. Nobody really knew what was going on in a big screen, in a big, not in a hole in a wall by any stretch, in a big theater. And 
uh, there was a couple filmmakers who flew in from Spain just for this festival. And we uh, were expecting to do a Q&A afterwards, uh, you know, something, nothing. We just got booted out and they're like, sorry, no Q&A, no time, got to go. And I'm like, you sons of bitches. <laughs> you son, like, like, you know, like, I'm, and I felt bad for myself, but I felt really bad for the guy who spent like, you know, God knows, probably two, three grand coming over from Spain yeah. for this big screening process. And I will never forget that. Not that I hold grudges, but I'm holding one now because, <laughs> the, and it's 12 years ago now that there's 11 years ago that that happened. But I, anytime anyone asks me about that festival, I completely tell them my, my, my feelings on them and how they treated me and how they treat filmmakers in general, because I've heard other stories from other filmmakers as well. Um, and for this exact same reason why I have you on the show today, I also tell people the good stories. And anyone ever asks me anything about Holly Shorts, I always say, that's the place to go. Put your film in there. It's yeah. a place. And, and we obviously, you know, we couldn't have grown the what we've grown. Um, it's it's a community thing with everyone. Yeah. So if mm-hmm. the filmmakers are submitting and happy, uh, we can grow. We grow, do better, and give a better spotlight to the films and the filmmakers. Um, then that benefits the filmmakers. So then it benefits us, benefits them, and everybody can win on that. So we're all trying to progress and win. Basically, is sort of the short way of saying it. I mean, uh, you know, and with that. Uh, in fairness to some festivals, and and as you know, my stance, I won't defend that festival you, you're mentioning. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, Danny knows uh, that I festival. Can't really yes. speak to any of that, but <laughs> um, but you know, everyone's going to make. There's always mistakes made. I mean, oh, of course. Festival world, we know there's there's projection issues. There's things that happen. There's glitches. There's oh, of course, stuff. of course, of course. Because there's, so, there's so many layers of things and things to test, and especially with shorts. There's so many films. If there's more short films in a program, mm-hmm. a feature film, you have one file, one film, one DCP, one whatever. Um, with you know, a, a gathering of shorts, you have more projects, more, uh, you know, room for error, I guess you can say, or more, mm-hmm. more, error, more, error, area more people. For error. Sure. Um, it's how you handle it. It's mm-hmm. like, it's how you handle it is what I think is reflection or what matters. We do the best we can in trying to handle that stuff. Well, handle the stress of that. Well, um, be there for the filmmaker. If something does happen, we understand the importance and know how the feeling can be sometimes even life and death, even though it's not that serious, but it, and feel that way. It's very important. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah. For a filmmaker. I mean, like if, if I just spent the last year putting together this short and my big premiere is yeah. at this it's festival, important. It's of important. course, it's huge. Yeah. I think it's a certain area that you, we should respect that. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously nothing can always go hundred percent perfect. You do the best you can. Some people we've seen the ugly side of people overreacting to things happening and being really nasty. That's unfortunate. Um, but all we can do is just try to do the best we can to represent our festival and ourselves and the filmmaker well, and do whatever we can to, to make, good on an error so if something happens you know like we had it with a monthly screening a few months ago uh um one of the film files is a little bit off a little audio during the, the projection we don't know we don't know we know what happened it's everything tested fine we qa all the films and mm-hmm. somehow there must have been a miss or maybe missing the qa process was was that that glitch in, in the sound it was a 5.1 it was so there could have been some issue there we said look we'll rescreen the film let's just let's just figure this out we'll figure out how we can get it in mm-hmm. uh, and next time we'll do an DCP we'll get it in the festival possibly and so we had the dialogue right then and there so Amazing. we do the best we can and say okay let's fix this yeah. and we're here for the filmmaker we're here for you obviously stuff like that happens you can't take it back you, in the moment it's it's screened it's it's done and the screening was over um you know, and, and things like that. So you do what you can. That's, I think, what anyone would appreciate. It. That's all you can really ask for. That's all you can do. Like, like you know, stuff happens. It happens all the time. It's life. But how you handle it is something that is yes. very, and very important. And the flip boring. side is others sometimes, as we've seen, like your story. Don't care. Just, nothing's handled. They just don't care. Don't and care. that's, I think, what people really get upset about. And what we can't tell people is, hey, it might be like that elsewhere. Because we're not in the business of here pointing fingers and demeaning other people. Um, or we, you know, if we say it, it's, it's coming from us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have a festival. Hey, you're competitive. You're just saying that to, to be nasty about some other right. festival. 
okay, well, but if you say it, you're the filmmaker, you're saying this is my experience. Absolutely. That has a validity there. We can't sit here and just say it. But it's true. It's important that for us, I think it's just so it's a philosophy. We just have to make sure we're always going to be there for the filmmaker and try to make wrongs right, correct what we can if, when errors do occur. Mm-hmm. And we try to minimize the errors as much as possible because there's nothing I hate worse. Believe me, it's stressful just for the filmmaker. I hate it. As, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. When stuff <laughs> happens because I'm, I'm stressed out, stressed about the whole thing. I want. I feel like it's my film screening over and all these films are screening over and over. It's like it feels like it's it's a lot of pressure you want it all to go so well oh my god man How- your reflection on what you're doing so it's it's you know it's personal to us we didn't just we're not running someone else's event or something this is we put our name behind it it's our event we started so it's our thing it's our god. Reputation of sorts. So it's Danny, man, God, God bless you and Theo, man. Seriously, brother. <laughs> I, I don't know how you do it, man, because God knows I couldn't do it. I'd, I'd lose my, I'd lose my mind. You're like a, you're like a wedding planner, like 24 seven wedding planner. Like everything has to go off with a hitch. It's a thousand moving yeah, parts. Yeah, it's got to be trying to be as smooth as possible. Uh, as it's, as possible. So <laughs> let me ask you. So I'm going to ask you some some uh, hard hitting festival questions. How long should a short film be? Because I've heard a lot of different debates on this. And yeah. I'd love to hear well, your take. It's a, it's, a hard, it's a hard one because, I mean, you know, I mean, all I can say is I guess I'll just give some honest reflection on some of this, but um, we've had, because uh, i just take a step back to it, uh, uh, you know, we've had some films that are uh, 30, 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can't sit here and say you can't do a film of a certain length. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll say a few things. One, make the film that you want to make. If it is longer, and if you really believe in the film you got to make, you got to make that film. Because if you're if you're chopping it, or cutting it just to try to appease festivals, or Mm-mm. the story might not be very good or complete. You could even have a short film that's too short, and you know it's it's not satisfying. The story's not thorough, um, and then there's issues. And you're you watching the programmers watch like, hey, I feel like I wanted more from that. And then yeah, the benefits like, okay, it's only ten minutes now, and it's supposed to maybe it was twenty minutes, and you cut down a bunch of uh, time. But then it, but then the story might be incomplete, and then it feels. You know, the jury's watching and we would mm-hmm. get together and watch. We're like, hey, I felt like this was lacking. We wanted more from the story. So you can have that as well. Um, now, that said, it it does help to be a shorter short. Programming-wise, we have two-hour programs um, that run anywhere from, you know, maximum two hours, usually less, um, and get time for Q&A and whatnot. I mean, you know, you, you, you need time. So it helps to have a film if a film's 10 minutes as opposed to 30. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes takes up, what, is that 25% of – 25% of the time or so. So it better be really good. So it has to be, yeah. So if the film is longer, it does have to be, in some ways, I guess you can you can say, it does have to be a bit better. It has to be a little sharper. And, you know, there's more room for critique or error, potentially. Um, but that said, when we f- love a film, I don't care how long it is. If the film is fantastic and we love the film, uh, you know. You'll find a way. We want to we find a way to program. Yeah, we're going to find a way. Now, there is moments that stuff has happened where there's been a few films over the years that are that long that we've had issue with because of the type of genre the film is and we're really trying to fit it in properly to a proper program to where it's not like we're just throwing some film up in a bunch of documentaries and all of a sudden you have this like you know graphic horror film that's you know, I don't know, 35 <laughs> minutes you know so all of a sudden it's just weird you can't what can you do so you try to find the right home for that in the program make that work and then and then it, if it doesn't work it's like damn we're kind of we're kind of square peg and round hole we're kind of screwed here you know so we've had that happen sometimes where it's very unfortunate you know the beauty is at least we have the monthly screenings now so we're an annual f- Fest, so we can say, all right, well, you know what? We'll program this down the road and let's do that. Um, but we don't want that to happen with the films. We want to program in the score very highly and we love. We want to get them in. But that, yeah. that runtime issue can't happen because, again, it is just there's only so much time and it's very competitive with so many films that are scoring very well and then fit the mold of certain categories and things like that, that it's, it's tough. Um, the safer bet, yeah, if your film is shorter, to get into more festivals 
that is that's basically kind of a fact. I mean, you see with other festivals and films that are very short, they get into a bunch of festivals. Oh, uh, I don't know their pro. I don't know the process of other festivals around the world. I don't know. I only know so many. Mm-hmm. That I know their process. Most of them, I don't know how their process is, but I, I know how, what they're probably thinking. I know I see the results of what they program. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see what they program by just seeing the films and knowing the festival circuit for so long. That I know that some festivals do favor films that are shorter in length, and they'll even say as much. And it won't oh, yeah. the festivals, but they'll say as much like, hey, your film should be shorter. They'll even take submissions that are 20, 30 minutes in length, but they basically kind of don't want any of them. Um, and they, right. they they do really want shorter films. So from a standpoint of the festival circuit as a whole, mm-hmm. yeah, runtime should be shorter. And the film should be, I'd say the, the ideal length is probably in that, you know, 10 to 12 minutes range is probably like that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a lot of festivals. Um, now for us, we don't look at it that way. We have more time to play with. We have 10 days. Yeah. It's a long, a it's a big of, festival. Yeah. It's, it's, so yeah. we wanted to grow and add to that because of the quality of films. We want to keep that up. Also keep the level high and competition high, but we kept growing and getting more submissions. And we have, we had a seven, eight day festival. We're like, all right, well, let's add these 10 days. We can go into the next weekend and show more films and have a good platform be in the weekend. And, um, and then the quality of films have gone up. So, you know, we have room that we can play, play with. with for us. We're okay with a little bit longer runtime if we love a film because we do have time where it's not going to necessarily bump someone else out. Um, whereas you know, the festival has only four or five days or two days. Yeah. I mean, it's tough for them to program something that's 30 minutes long. They don't have that much time. And that means that you're going to bump some, uh, two or three other films out that are say three, 10 minute shorts as opposed to one 30 minute short. So they may look at it from that standpoint. Um, right. And then, you know, it, 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 like with me specifically, like with Broken, Broken was 20 minutes and I, that got into 200 film festivals, but I also got a lot of rejections saying you yeah. just, we love it, but it's too long. We can't program you. Yeah. So then the next one I did was four minutes <laughs> and that one got into a ton of festivals and then Princess was 11 minutes and that also got into a ton of festivals and it also had, had, had some celebrity power behind it as well, which does help, right? I mean, having a, a face or a name that audiences like do help in the whole process. Obviously it's all about the art. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, but it's, I, I always say this, like you have to be honest, like it, it can't, it doesn't really, it doesn't really hurt. I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and say, it's not going to, I mean, the people sit here and say, it doesn't matter. Like, I'm not going to sit here and lie to people and be like, it doesn't, it, it means nothing. It's assets and seats. It's assets. It's assets and seats. Right. It has its, its cachet and value. At the same time, we've rejected plenty of films with all types of names. Of course, you'd be, you'd be shocked at some of the stuff we've seen over the years. Of, of, of actors, you you literally sit here, uh-huh. and you're watching, and you're like, I cannot believe this guy's in this movie or this one. <laughs> I can't believe it. Like, and we can't put this short film. And we can't like, put this no, in. It's it's. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not going to obviously just sit here and point to the name of a guy or name. Of sure, a girl, sure, like, sure, 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 sure. But it, it's. I'm I'm dead dead serious. Like it, it's it's sometimes pretty shocked. You're like, whoa! Like what were they thinking? Like yeah, <laughs> it's kind of fun. It's kind of amazing to think that the, the caliber of actor sometimes doing some of these films that are just really poor quality and it's just not even on the level of what they can do. This is really surprising. It's, it's usually, I imagine, a favor thing or they must be trying to help someone out they know and just say, hey, I'll just do this. Sure, sure. But it's surpri- very surprising sometimes. And then they get rejected flat out. I mean, they're not good. They're not going to show a film just because someone's in it. Now, if a film has a certain quality to it and it's a great story, good filmmaking, and then it has said caliber actor, that, that's obviously a plus. going to help. And there's going to be an element, of course, for us, we have our opening night, our opening night usually has. We've had the Demi Moores and the Kitchen Dunst of the world and these people attending opening night and showing their work. That's what that big platform is for the big splash of getting the big industry out. That's know. what we've done as far as our opening night. It's been part of that process of getting a huge think- night, bringing everyone out to sh- shed light on the whole festival. Hey, guys, this is what we're showing this this week. This is what's going on. This was in competition. This is the festival. 
and uh, you know, and let everyone walk that carpet and get that experience. But no, nah, it's been yeah, yeah and, and, the celebrity and, factor is going to play some role in that, obviously. And you have you guys have kind of become uh, from at least from my perspective from outside the festival, but you've guys have become kind of like the go to festival in Hollywood for celebrities or actors who are directing their first move for ex- directing their first short film or you know or, or or actors or big actors who are in short films you're the place to go because i mean i remember when i did um i think it was it wasn't red prince i think it was red prince's uh animated the um the animated yeah. version i mean i was on a panel with josh brolin and jessica alba yeah and alba uh jessica beale yeah, um jessica beale and brolin were, were that that was and that was sort of our big that was our first that's what set that tone for this going forward. And that, that was our big first night of, of kind of, uh, mm-hmm. hey, everyone, here's Holly Schwartz. And that's when that kind of started. Yep. Because that was our fourth year. We were growing. We had That was our first year being at the Sunset Five, the, the, the now defunct Sunset Five, which is the Sundance Cinemas. Yeah. Um, and that theater was our first time being there. So now we're in a, in a more legitimate theater. No more Cinespace. No more you know our Space Theater, all, yeah, all yeah, our brother yeah. own. <laughs> you know, now we're like, we, we were finally growing to, okay, now we're in legitimate theaters. Um, our opening night the year before, we showcased Adrian Grenier's short. Yeah, I remember that. Tribeca, yeah. but that was at a party space. Yep, yep, in yep. Hollywood. So I was, was there. Like I was at that one. Yeah, 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 it was yeah, great. Yeah. It was fun. It was great. And it was that, that that festive party vibe that we liked that we had. It was kind of what we had going for us, what we were doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It kind of set a tone for us. <clears throat> but we needed to be take that and also now take it to a great theater, a great big venue, and just really graduate. And that was that was what that night was. We had. You know, yeah, Josh Brolin, yeah, Jessica Biel. These are huge names, and yeah, and actually attended support. And Paul Haggis came out that night. It was yeah, Paul. Ha- that's right. Paul Haggis was there. I, I talked. Paul Haggis came up to me that night, and he's like, "Hey, not a bad. You did a pretty good movie, Alex." I'm like, <laughs> and I, tur- I literally turned to him. I go, hey, your, "Your stuff's not too bad either." And <laughs> he just started laughing. And <laughs> but that's the kind of things that you get at these kind of awesome festivals, like like Holly's. Like you, you get to meet these kind of people. And I've been blessed to be on, I think two or three opening nights. Uh, through other projects I've done with Holly Short, so I've been on those panels with with um, David Arquette and and Paul Haggis and all these kind of guys, and it's it's just been such a wonderful ride. Uh, yeah, we want to we want to provide that sort of platform of like we want to bridge the idea of being bridging young Hollywood, early Hollywood mm-hmm. indie filmmakers with Hollywood. Yeah, like, hey, bring this 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 group and this group together. Let's sort of make something happen with that. You have. Some some of the hopefully A listers and people that are of that elk and that influence, mm-hmm. and with that, their agents, representatives, people from Gersh and CA and things like that, involved in seeing what's going on. Studio executives coming, seeing the film, seeing the projects, getting aware of the festival, and filmmakers being able to meet right then and there. I mean, Josh Brolin was great that night. He was oh hanging out the whole night, talking to everyone. He was there till the close. I mean, I thought he'd just show up. No, J- Josh was good. He, he Josh was, was he was there, and I think it's his his wife, his his former yeah, wife, Di- Diane Lane. Yeah, Diane Lane was there. And she came, and and it was uh, our first experience with all that, and it was a we were lucky to be blessed that because that usually doesn't go that smoothly with celebrity and yeah, no, no. Josh was stuff. I can't even tell you how cool Josh was. I had I, I had an opportunity to talk to Josh for a little bit, and the best the best thing about um, Josh is like during his the on on the uh, on the panel. He was like, yeah, you know, I was trying to find someone to do posts on this short film I directed. And I'm just thinking to myself, dude, are you kidding me? I would have done posts for free for you. Are you kidding me, Josh? I would have killed to do for you. Know, like, are you, you couldn't find anybody? Seriously? Uh, I was like, really? I would have done it in a heartbeat, sir. In a heartbeat. Um, so it was, a big, it was a big night for us. That, that was a big starting point of like, okay, this is how we want to present that opening night. And this is the formula kind of going forward of having the big, big night and then going to the week of the festival. And this is, that was that was the kick forward of that, you know, having 
the success rate of all the celebrities that were involved that night and people that were involved in their premieres and they're all coming out. Yeah. And Haggis was there. You know, and, and Haggis was there during... Came and they all came. Everyone attended and yeah, the carpet and the Q&A and they participated. It wasn't just like just show up and leave real quick. They, they were engaged and, and participated. And that was, you know, that was a big night for us to go from what it was mm-hmm. to where we were going. That was it's, sort of a... That was the, that was the yeah. turning point. That was the turning yeah, point. Yeah, I, th- I think that definitely was. And, and a cool little side note on that was... Um, so Eden Brolin, Josh's daughter, mm-hmm. she did the red carpet. She was starring in the film. It's her first kind of foray into acting and whatnot and with her dad. And, you know, so there was a personal project to that to, mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, she did the carpet and all that stuff. And we met there. And then last year we were at South by Southwest and she had a film premiering and she was at Richard Linklater party. And uh, and we went to the party, me and Theo. And then we ran into her and she was just like so excited to see us. And it was like this cool thing. She was like, oh, when I was a kid <laughs> when I did that. And now she's like older. And it's like, I remember that was like my first red carpet thing. And she was speaking so fondly about the night. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was, it was kind of touched by it. I was like, I didn't, you know, it was kind of neat. I was like, wait, you uh, really like, uh, if you reflect on it, like that was such a cool thing for, you know, to think of it that way. I didn't, you know, it's personal for us. I wouldn't imagine that she would even give a damn to be quite honest, not to be. But so no, neat. but the thing is, Danny, this is the thing that sometimes you guys, you forget because you're used to it. But you can't. Yeah. You guys forget that a red carpet for someone who's never walked a red carpet, and a, and a, a big panel, and to be even sitting on the panel with other celebrities or other filmmakers who are of a different statute um, or experience, is a huge deal to filmmakers, especially to young actresses or young actors or things like that. And now you're, you know, because now you're getting old like me. Uh, <laughs> so slowly now these kids that grew up watching Holly Shorts, it's like a new, it's like the Star Wars generation. They grew up and like, so 30 years from now, they'll, <laughs> they'll come back and they'll, you know, receive their Lifetime Achievement Award. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. We, like we like to be doing this for, you know, we like to have this fest go on for. As long as, long as as long as they doesn't kill you. Um, so, what's one of the main reasons why you reject the film from a film festival? I've always wanted to know. Like, is there is there a number one reason? Is there a main reason? Well, not just there's not just a one reason because there could be a lot of there's various reasons, but mm-hmm. um, there are things you see that that it's a big question because there's a lot of different areas that can go. I mean, there's just, there's some of the obvious, right? Couple, so first, first, first and foremost, obvious is if a film is of certain quality, it's just not good or good enough and can't. Compete on this, on this level. You mean a produ- production? Thrown. You're talking about production value. Yeah, production value is, is is sort of an an eyesore and it jumps out if something is just not bad sound, uh, bad picture, audience, if sound is off, if bad acting. Like, yeah, these things are there. It's an automatic. It's just it's just it's not, it's an automatic. Outside of it being intentional, where you see some stuff that's uh, the midnight, sure, folk, sure. you know, kind yeah. of stuff like uh-huh. that kind of content where it's done on purpose and it's very spoof and silly and funny um, and off off the wall and this kind of stuff, which sometimes we love that stuff. Um, that kind of content is great, but if it's not done on purpose, it's uh, it's an automatic. Because if you're talking 2,000 plus films, you know we're saying f- give or take 300 to 400 are getting in. Um, let's say 20 percent, so it's already 20 percent chance to get in at best. Mm-hmm. So of that, certain films just won't make the cut based on a lot of other criteria. But that's first and foremost. If it's off there, mm-hmm. it, it can't compete on that level. It right. just won't, it won't work. Right, it right. just won't work. And so it's very important. The acting thing is very important. To go back to acting. Um, casting directors and people to help with casting I think is, is important in an area that maybe I've seen a lot of films fail mm-hmm. because people are making a film in Hollywood, especially in Los Angeles mm-hmm. for a friend. They want to put themselves out there as actors because we're all in the hustle together and everyone's trying sure. to make it as actors. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a certain like, hey, let's help a buddy out. Let's just, let's just kind of do this. Together. And there's collaboration. That's great. But you know, if you're making a, a professional project, you're trying to make something really strong. You got to take it to a, you, you got to take it to a high level, man. Yeah, take it to a high level with acting, and can't just be because if the acting falls off, 
you can mm-hmm. have a good story. You can be it could be shot beautifully, and if the actors are just failing, it's it's just it's it's difficult to say, hey, we're going to program this and this this is going to work for the audience, or they're not going to feel like, hey, this is this is not a certain quality. This is it's going to distract. Oh, of course, so, of course. You know, it's something that we don't we've done in the years past some casting panels, casting director panels, mm-hmm. discussing that process of hey, stuff with budgets and whatnot, and you know people and wonder yourself, but you got to have strong acting. You know, <laughs> if, 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 if the strong if the acting fails. It's it's like you know it's, how can we program it and score higher amongst other films that have fantastic acting and not of actors that are known. There's plenty of great actors that are that are fantastic and that they're unknown completely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, there's so much talent here and all over the world of films from all over the world. But um, yeah, but, let me, but let me ask you on a side on a side note: How many films do you get from around the world as opposed to just the U.S. percentage? I don't know the exact percentage, give or take. Of, like I don't have the full layout of like the percentages from that number last year. Say. Mm-hmm. 2200 or so whatever it was exactly submitted um of that what was the world number i, I don't know but i know country-wise it's uk is up there mm-hmm. uk australia canada mm-hmm. as far as percentage of the most but you get uh, right no but no, no but generally like you get the most of your submissions are u.s obviously yeah but most are still u.s and then from there it goes like uk say right. germany spain canada um, Australia. Gotcha. Those are some heavy countries that we. So you're an up. international film festival. Yeah. No, question. We, last year we we screened. I believe the number was 23 countries represented. No, nice, nice. Represented last year, um, with more submitted. Some countries like one film may be submitted from a, a film from mm-hmm. a, you know like maybe one from Norway, one from Poland, things like that. Sure, sure. Um, but um, but yeah, so 23 countries represented last year. So you know worldwide. I mean, we had, like I said, I mentioned Poland. We had a film from Poland last year that was great. We had a block of films from Germany that were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Spain, UK. The, stu- the stuff that well, UK is heavy. Always London. A lot of stuff from London. A lot of films from London every year. Of um, course. You know, naturally, and then Australia as well, and Canada, and Mexico, and Brazil. I mean, yeah, worldwide. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, in your opinion, do you think filmmakers should make a short film before they make a first feature film? I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I just think because it, it's 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 putting that process together, being able to. There's a few reasons you can go to, like say, all right. So for instance, like the festival side, mm-hmm. if you did, if you want to kind of experience all that, you made a good short, you finished that process. Cause it's difficult to make any film. Yeah. Um, so you learn that process of the process of filmmaking, the pre-production, you know, all the stuff that goes into it, the post. I mean, there's so much, so many areas and rooms for potential flaw or error, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. learning all that, then having a good film to get out there. Then you can learn the festival circuit and kind of how that goes. And it can lead to other things. If you do it, if you make a really strong short and get into some great festivals and get some great buzz and word of mouth, uh, and then translate that into online success with whether it's VOD stuff or Vimeo or whatever, mm-hmm. that can put you on a good good path. You can meet some real good contacts. If you got into fest like South by Southwest or Sundance or whatever, mm-hmm. and then ours as or, well. Or Holly Shorts, of course. Yeah, Holly Shorts as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the combination of all that. You premiere in Holly Shorts LA, you can do other festivals or other places. It, it's, it really helps. I think it really would help. And then from there, maybe figure out the next steps as far as getting funding for a feature we want to work with or or if you can get exposure to industry and mm-hmm. uh, agent maybe get an agent through that that short mm-hmm. and from there we've seen some people sign through the festival mm-hmm. from their short so from that that agent can get you another project after you know after that and things like that so I think that that's important to do that mm-hmm. if you're jumping in just making a feature it's I mean the- more part it's 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 tough it's just tough now people have done it. I know oh many on that yeah many you know but it's Different ball game, different distribution. Mm-hmm. Now, all that said, it is the landscape has changed with 
with Amazon and Netflix and everything with people buying more films than ever. AFM, even bigger than ever. There's a lot of bad films out there, but you can make a feature if you want to make sort of a low genre, bunch. low level, low hanging fruit and try to sell something. That's also well, yeah, that, kind of possible. That leads <laughs> that leads me to my next question. What what options do you think are out there for short filmmakers to actually be able to sell their movies and make money with their films? Well, there's there's lots. There's lots. I mean, see now there's it's not just for it's not just for features. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have shorts. You have avenues for shorts now with mm-hmm. all the online stuff that's going on with with SVOD with subscription mm-hmm. uh, with with VOD with Vimeo on demand things like that. We have our platform. We'll discuss soon with BitPix mm-hmm. that's now that's now launched. Um, you have shorts TV, shorts international. Mm-hmm. Um, so. There's TV Avenue. There's online streaming. There's, of course, just having your own channel and building your thing up where you have your YouTube channel that's very strong. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know, now obviously that's garnished a lot of views. You need a lot of views to make any money because the ad rate mm-hmm. is so low. And, you know, it's just like. But there's a lot of different, there's a, there's a lot of things if you think outside the box you could do if you yeah. have. An yeah. Audience. And so you can build yourself up to where you have your following and, and build something up online by yourself in some ways. Mm-hmm. You can do that. So there's that avenue. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's 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 doable. It is something that can be done. It is is an option. Whereas before, wasn't that way. Now, feature films, you have your traditional stuff, and and when it comes to studios, distribution, but mm-hmm. then now there's the Amazons and the Netflix going and Sundance and buying up everything. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, I mean, they just killed Sundance. They killed Sundance this year. I mean, they just destroyed everybody. They yeah. well, it was one of the one of the studios. Like we were all playing with guns. Uh, we were all playing with bullets, but Amazon and Netflix brought machine guns. Yeah. Like they yeah. just they came in, they came with the money and they're here to spend. They have open checkbooks and they're there to spend. Oh god, seventeen point so. five million like for yeah. one movie and like five million another one, seven million. They were just oh it's insane. Because, it's great for filmmakers. Because original content for them is, is key, is king. So for them this is what they want. So but they, they have, have distribution. They have but they, they have, have they have, they have, they have the, the, the yeah. yeah. It, they just so, need to feed the beast. They have the beast already. It's it's so yeah. different than our traditional so model. you know, in some areas, the theater theater owners, of course, hate all this stuff, and they think this is the worst, and they're freaking out. Mm-hmm. You have the, in the film industry as a whole, the studio system. Studios, studios want to release their films first theatrically, then go the VOD route, and in, in HBO and all those things, and you know, post theatrical and all their their uh, their options. Mm-hmm. But they're losing; they're missing out on these films. Um, I still think they're okay. They still produce their own films. The, the studio system still survive. I, I don't really feel like it's as much of a threat as they they say it is. I don't personally believe that. I think the more options are the better. But I guess I'm looking at it from the festival filmmaker side i think make a film they have more options to get distributed i don't think where it wasn't that way i don't think the studio system is gonna die i think what it will do is have to change and i think it is it's already turned into that like uh, studios generally don't make you know low but there is no 25 million dollar movie anymore like that doesn't exist it's it's either super low budget five million or below or it jumps to 50 60 70 million dollars right away and it's events like you go to the theaters for events now and that's like basically all the studios produce are these big event movies yeah and indie films are a lot of indie films indie filmmakers are just going to television because that's where yeah. they have the freedom to do stuff and yeah tv has changed a lot this is the big thing that that i think well it doesn't go untalked about in this it does mm-hmm. get discussed but i think part of the discussion has to be tv mm-hmm. i mean tv now has changed i mean from when we grew up oh now, jesus <laughs> it's 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 undescribable it's like it's amazing era. stuff. It's like, it's like it's dead to most of us. Uh-huh. It's a different landscape on TV. Who's doing TV? Before, as an actor, TV was like this negative thing. Oh, I don't do television. No, God, no. Everybody you know, wants to do television. Never want you to do it. Oh, TV. No, no, no. It's like the up and coming actor would get a, a gig on a show, mm-hmm. and their career rise based on that TV show, and they go do movies after. Right now, you do TV. You jump back Huge to TV. Yeah. I mean, the, the, you can rattle off the. I mean, you know, Jennifer Lopez on a show now. Yeah, Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta. And, and yeah. on and on, and fish burn, and you know, 
Oh yeah. Hannibal. I mean, the show is on. It's on and on. It's not just. It's not just Netflix and all. It's also network television as well. It's a steady paycheck. They get to stay home, and they get to do work. really fun work. Yeah, and 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 it's the quality of work has changed. There's Game of Thrones as a television show now. I mean, yeah. to think of the quality of production, how that looks. Oh, Walking feels, Dead. Walking yeah, Dead. Yeah, these shows. I mean. Walking Dead. Look at the makeup on the show. I mean, it's a different landscape we're talking about, where the quality of show has risen. There's more shows, and there's a lot of bad shows too that comes with that. A lot of bad quality and and mm-hmm. stuff that's not as good. But and there's maybe I mean, too many shows. But it's an area where now the industry has changed focus, where there's all these TV shows we made. So it's a, uh, it's it's way different now, you know, the landscape. And yeah, indie film, it hurts the theatrical side of it probably. I know a lot of indie theaters that mm-hmm. digital transformation has taken a hit. No more thirty five. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a lot of indie films going the route of art. Let's just premiere and be on Netflix only or something like that, where they used to be able to at least have a theatrical release. You know, at these indie theaters mm-hmm. now, independent film theatrically is is taking a hit and maybe we'll take a worse hit over time and I mean, maybe that's where that will suffer most but like you said the temple stuff the studio stuff that's not going anywhere i mean marvel's not going anywhere oh, star wars is not going star anywhere wars. yeah star wars is <laughs> i don't want to see star wars on my iphone i don't want to see yeah. star wars on my iphone yeah, so i'm sorry always gonna be a need. you don't want to see that kind of theatrical experience on your phone you can right. do it but you don't want to yeah that's always going to be the difference there's always so i always believe in the black box you go in the box that that that, that situation of sitting in a theater that's why for us as a festival, we don't believe there's any any issue in that. We're not going to lose people to say, oh, I can watch. Yeah, some of these films are online and, yeah, yeah. and everything. But so what? People want to see stuff in a theater and experience, shared experience with other people. The theater experience still is strong, I believe, and uh, still uh, will live on always. Let me ask you a, a, a quick question in regards to online. If a film mm-hmm. is online, do you guys accept it? Or how? how is your yes, – what's your yes. policy? So, so what's your policy? For us, we, we don't uh, – because we have – we're obviously working towards our own online platform and we have mm-hmm. an online aspect of our festival. Mm-hmm. We believe in, in the online experience as well. And I think because filmmakers want to use these platforms to grow their mm-hmm. audience, mm-hmm. we're not going to tell someone, Hey, don't put your film online. Don't do it. Like, I, I guess just a, a one quick way of saying it is that we just don't want to tell, we're not trying to tell filmmakers too much of what to do. I don't want to tell you how to, you know how to how to run your production company, how to sure, how, sure. To, how to sell your films, but, how to get your film out there, how to grow an audience. I'm not going to sit here and point the finger. Hey, don't put your film online. Hey, don't do this. You know, we just don't like that process. I'm not mm-hmm. a fan of that process. Mm-hmm. Obviously, for us, we love the premiere. We love the first time it's shown sure. here. Mm-hmm. Premiere is great. We're not going to sit here and say we don't love a premiere or like a premiere. It's always great to have a premiere at the festival. People mm-hmm. see it there first, and it goes from there. That's all great. Mm-hmm. But as you see now, festivals are coming around to this. We, for a long time, have said, online, go ahead and submit it. So if a film is online, say mm-hmm. your film's up on Vimeo or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and you submit to us, it's it's we consider the film equal than any other film. We just want to screen, again, this competition for award categories and also just for the showcase of great films. We're showing what we feel are the best films we can program based on what we get. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the simple philosophy of it. That's what we're thinking of doing. We're not looking at it like, oh, is this film online? That one's not. Well, the hell with that guy. We got we want the film that's 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 not online. Mm-hmm. Not going to look at it from that standpoint. That's really not something we want to like program or think about when we're picking any of the films. It's not a part of that process. And people ask us a lot. We get the question a lot. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. are you okay with films being online? Is it disqualifying me? And we were always reminding people that it does not. I guess we have to be. Maybe I have to put more messaging. Well, no, because for so many, ye- I mean, so many years, I mean, like if a film was online, uh, yeah. a film festival didn't even look at it. Like, oh yeah, no, it's this. We're what- very yeah. negative against it, and it goes back to that theater philosophy, which I dealt yeah. with. Yeah. Distribution days when I was in distribution, it was like the online thing is just like 
there's the killer. Theaters hate it. They just the VOD yeah, but, thing. But you TV, know, but you know, but but the same thing happened with TV when TV came out. Yeah. In the fifties, you know, the theaters like, oh my god, we're never. Everyone's going to stay at home. No one's going to come to the theater. It, it, it's always survived that. It's, it's always I, I don't, the same it, it's thing. The, I think the threatening thing. I think that philosophy is short sighted. I understand the basis behind it. Like the get, fear. If you I own a the theater, fear. you're like, hey, I own this business, and I want people here all the time, and I don't want anyone to do anything else but come here. But it's not reality. It's not how it's going to be. And this thing's ever changing. And I, I still, you look at the numbers, these theaters still do well. People still go to the theater. They want to Jesus. see the experience. Are you kidding me? I mean, Star Wars just did $2 billion. I don't yeah. want, I don't want it, to hear it. It just, show, it just shows you <laughs> that people want to see the big temple films, the, 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 this kind of film. Now, again, it goes back to the indie film and some of the more interesting dramas and these kind of films, they may see less of the theaters for that reason. Yeah. And that may affect the theater and that, that, that margin of the business. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. That, that's something where it's worth, worth discussion, but it's not worth discussion when you're talking about big studio films, big summer blockbusters, like these kinds of films, the experience of IMAX and these things, you can't replicate it at home. I don't care if you have 3D in your house or you have a surround sound and, and I have friends of awesome systems. Their, their house yeah, is great. It's not the same, home. man. You're not, not the same. in the theater setting. You're still not in the theater. The experience with other people, getting the popcorn, the whole, it, it, if you love that experience or something to that experience, it's a connection thing and it's always going to be there. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, I don't feel like that's an issue. So for us, going back to that, it, as a festival, we don't believe that the online should be negated or say, hey, you're online. And and it's the same with you see bigger festivals. They, f- they finally figured out with like the Sundance and others. They're not worried as much about Schwartz premiering and they're not worrying as much about online. Uh, we have a case in point with a reasonable request. Mm-hmm. Uh, really dark comedy, amazing comedy that we screened at the festival last year. One best comedy at our festival. And then Sundance just programmed and they screened it. And it's already on Vimeo already. So before Sundance, they put, they put the film yeah. on Vimeo. Uh-huh. Film's getting love on Vimeo. Oh, this thing's hilarious. These, these uh-huh. ad directors... Great film. It's just a hilarious story, and it's really funny, really well acted, really well acted, funny, funny comedy. Mm-hmm. And they programmed it, and so we're seeing that 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 kind of broken down. Before, where it was like, oh hey, we have to premiere Sundance first, or premiere elsewhere first, or we can't go online yet. You're seeing that they're the the walls are being broken down there when it comes to online and premiere status. When it comes to shorts, now I'm not speaking to features because features is a whole different world for distribution for a festival. sure, sure, sure. It's a whole different sure. area when it comes to feature films of what's needed mm-hmm. and required. But for the shorts, you're seeing some. Some progress there, I believe, with some festivals saying, hey, the online thing, let's not worry about that. Let's worry about the quality of the film and showing what we feel the best of the submissions we got or, or whatever their criteria, not worrying about online or premieres. Because that stuff doesn't matter as much, in my opinion, for right, right. the shorts. It's about showing in the great program or great program of films and, and getting a good audience and not so much about you know premieres winning where and being online. Are, are so for you, us, yeah, online is okay. But yeah, we still do see some other festivals that don't. They don't like online and they, they don't want your film. Online first, and I understand the process of waiting out sometimes. It's good to build up the yeah, yeah, interest yeah. And, and all that. And we again, we like the premiere and having it before it's online first. But um, you know. I got and it. Last I... point about online: we do have an online festival during the festival now. So okay. Ten days window of the festival, people can buy a pass to see the films that agree to be on. See the films online if they miss the festival for any reason. Mm-hmm. It's GeoBlocks, so not Los Angeles. But if you're like in France and you know your mm-hmm. friend made the festival and and you can't make it from France, you can see that film and other films playing online with this online pass during the window of the festival only. So last year was our first year offering that. How was it? Again How did it end? It was well? good. Yeah. Did well, did well. Could have done better. We could have done more to, to push it and, and everything, but it did well. And, nice. Uh, and it was our first time doing it. So it was still good to see that there was a demand there. And and it, and it offers up a service where people can see films and, and that are premiering at the festival and things like that um, during that window. Now, are, are you guys ever thinking of of expanding this to feature for features, having some features in, in, included? 
Uh, we, we've screened some features here and there at the festival mm-hmm. um, and at the monthly screenings. We're screening a feature film this coming month, February 25th. We're mm-hmm. screening a feature. Um, so we're doing that. But the festival itself for Holly Shorts, um, we're not going to open a category for features. We're not looking to do that and mm-hmm. not looking to add features for this festival. Now, if we do that, Maybe we do another film festival or create something different around feature films. Or but you might have special event. You might do a special event or something. Yeah, like but that we'll for- do special event screening stuff. We've done like last year. Our closing film was a really good documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, so because it's, it's closing, the awards have happened. You know, we don't want to show that last program be shorts. So we have a party about to go on, so we always feel like, all right, let's show a cool feature at the end of the festival, last block. Mm-hmm. You know, now that all the films have essentially been shown, and mm-hmm, we have mm-hmm. our party coming up, our last party, and we've done the awards. So things like that, like at a competition, just showcase screenings or alumni features. We've screened feature films from alumni who have gone through our doors. They, they turn maybe that short into a feature, like things like that. That's still tied to the festival. We want to show those kind of films. It's great to show a feature film that was a short. So it's great. Got so it. We've done that probably, you know, four or five times. Like mm-hmm. I think something like that. Where we, you know, over the last few years, we've been doing that. Where the last film we'll throw in the feature film or do a showcase to a feature and things like that during the festival, but. Um, we're not making it part of the focus. We're not adding a category. Got it. Got it. Um, for the fest itself, now we just we want to focus on making it the best short film po- film festival possible. Feature films. If we want to add that as a full competition or other area, we we would probably just do a a different world, separate separate festival, and that because a different world, and, and, and we don't want to detract from that. So yeah, we do show features and things like that. But okay, but yeah, it's more of that area. So can you uh, can you tell me a little bit about BitPix? Yeah, so BitPix is a platform that we just launched. Um, right now, we're on Amazon Fire TV and Roku TV. Not Roku TV, just Roku, and uh, and also online. So right at the moment, it's free viewing. Build an audience up. It's our stuff that's non-exclusive. It's films from the festival, stuff that's also online as well. Um, and we're building it up. We have probably about 200 films on there right now. Um, we're looking to get, obviously, a huge catalog of great films and festival award-winning films. And uh, eventually, we'll, it's going to be a subscription-based situation. So it's SVOD. Um, we'll probably be launching that in August during our festival. Nice. Um, but we'll do an online festival there during the fest. So we'll have the online fest component with BitPix, and where people can sign up and see the films there. And then we'll have the subscription where filmmakers get paid off of views. So if the more views you get, the more pay you get per minute. Um, so that's the, the sort of calculus of how we'll be paying the films out. So if nice. It's SVOD, yeah, SVOD situation, subscription fee. We don't have all that model. Just had to, you know, say anywhere from. Uh, a few bucks to 10 bucks, something a month, depending on what we decide and, mm-hmm. and how the content goes and what we have. Um, and it'll be monthly subscription and people could do an annual, things like that. So it's going to be an SVOD situation. And over time, we'll build it up to where maybe we'll have premiere content. We're going to produce content, have stuff be premiere. Like how Netflix has their original shows, original programming where it's exclusive to their platform. We'll have stuff exclusive to BitPix as well as all the non-exclusive stuff or just you know stuff in the catalog uh, from past festivals or Holly Shorts and things like that and uh, maybe other festivals. So... Um, yeah, it's going to be basically a premier destination for short content is, is the goal. And um, we'll also look to add original programming and television stuff and things of that nature in the future. And, and it's going to be, uh, like I said, a SVOD situation starting probably in August. Okay. So right now it's just people can check it out now, bitpixtv.com, and you see all the films there and see what's on there and take, take a peruse and browse and, and watch films and share. It's, it's all you know free viewing at the moment. We didn't want to have ads. We want to have people have a good experience, see good films. Build it up, and then when we get ready to make a subscription situation only, then it'll be subscriber situations. Got it. Pay to subscribe, and then they can see the content that way. And and uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll look to add cool. set top boxes over time. Right now, like I said, it's Amazon and Roku, but you know, we'll smart TVs. There's Apple TV. There's so many areas where we can sure, add sure, more, sure. More and more set top boxes. Essentially, they're like more ways to get into more homes. Got it. Got it. So, got it. You know, that's how we grow over time. That's what that's going to be the goal. But cool. But man. Yeah. So it's it's an extension for us for all shirts. We figured okay. It's time to get into 
this business, this 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 side of the world, <laughs> this business, because we have just great relationships with filmmakers, some great films mm-hmm. over all these years, so many great films, mm-hmm. and some of them we see that just kind of go away because they don't know how to sell it, they don't know how to market yeah. it, which is what I try to teach as much as I can in indie film hustles. Like, look, guys, yeah. there's ways to make money, there's ways to make your movie. Yeah, uh, but we want to be able to give that back. See if we can grow this thing, and then people can subscribe and we grow mm-hmm. then there's a pay model for filmmakers as well so everyone can benefit on that but also it's getting more eyeballs in the film so right now it's just reviewing so it's just eyeballs we want people to it's exposure at this moment it's going to be hey mm-hmm. we want to get as many views as possible for all the content and for the films and put it you know shine a good light on them good quality sure sure know, sure and everything so it's just it's really good but it's we want to offer that opportunity saying this is what has to go and it's and seeing too many films not after the you know we used to get that question all the time after the fest is over how do i see that film I have a guy still nags me. Uh, my brother's friend from Florida. He came to the festival. He saw a comedy program. Mm-hmm. He was here in town for like a day. He's like, let me just pop in and see some movies and just say hi to you. And he comes. And he's oh, I love this comedy. Where's that film? Where's that film? I'm like, well, finally getting that film up on BitPix. Like, hey, we have an avenue where it's going to be online now and be in a, in a, on a platform. All these years before, it's like it was just kind of they did the festival stuff, and then they're like, all right, well, we'll just we'll post it on YouTube or just forget about it and move on to something else. There is yeah. an avenue. No, yeah, that's awesome. Out there more. Try to get it out there and showcase the work and. These are good films. They shouldn't just be. Right. Nothing should be on the floor. I mean. Yeah. No. No. The, no. Yeah. I completely agree with you, man. Like, listen. I. I. I give you guys nothing but love and all of the uh, just praise for all the amazing stuff you're doing for independent filmmakers and and trying to help and trying to get the word out on on great films. So, man, thank you so much for the work you do, brother. No, oh, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. so we have. Um, I have the three questions I ask all my yeah. all my guests. So, are you ready, sir? what is the lesson that took you the longest to learn in the film industry or in life it's probably just i wouldn't say longest to learn but it it, it's it's basically you know it's it's believing in the process but but also on top of that it's 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 uh, it's really just doing um it's Mm -hmm. just it's just it's simple answer i know it sounds it's just you have to do it you have to do things you have to you can't just talk about it just like there's ideas we talk we discuss you have to just follow up and stay the process and, and do it, work work towards it and do something. Mm-hmm. You know, that was part of the philosophy of the festival. We just didn't want to sit back and say, let's do this, let's do this, and then get overwhelmed by the fact that it could be such a big task or there's, mm-hmm. you need to get so much money. You know, sometimes you have to just, if you have an idea or vision, you just go for it. You just got to, you just got to keep at it and do it, you know? And that's, that's, there was a time when it was like hard for us to, to, to get that idea. <laughs> you know, understand that, you know, it's like, all right, we yeah. got to just, you know, sometimes like, we can plan as much as you want. Yeah, but you, you can plan. Do. You can you can you can try to get loans, process, you know, discuss all these things mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and you can talk yourself out of something all the time. Sometimes, if you have an idea, you really believe in it. If you want to do it, even if it's small or if it's not what you want it to be, mm-hmm. you can get there. You have to just keep at it. You just got to do it. You got to just try to go do it, and not. And that took us some time to figure out, like because it was ideas of growth and things we we're doing with the festival and other areas. It was always like, let's just, just do it. Of, we just we just we were concerned with too many things, and and we didn't want to like risk things or you know, sometimes you have to just, yeah, you got to just, just gotta, you have to do it. <laughs> just, just get up and do yeah. it. So, um, yeah, what, are, probably, yeah, yeah. so what are your three favorite films of all time? It's a tough one. There's so, there's a lot in a lot of different areas, but I'll, I'll say the three in no particular order. I'll just say for this particular list and just, uh-huh, sure, sure. I'll I will say, hold you to it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll just say for me, I'm going to go clockwork orange. Oh, great movie. Godfather. Mm-hmm. Apocalypse now. I'm gonna go with those three. Nah, it's three great choices. I'm, I'm gonna, I just—it's obviously sort of simple choice. There's other choices too in other areas. I'm like, ah, oh, what about this movie? It's uh, a lot. There's so many. I mean, but those are the ones that make that list. But yeah. I will say, for me, like the most influential movie, probably. Uh huh. 
I guess it's probably Clockwork Orange. I oh, there's a, there's a, and there's a lot of reasons, and I'll give you a quick backstory, a few little. My brother would always, he was obsessed with Clockwork Orange, and it was probably, you know, this is he was watching it at home, and so we lived in L.A. in the 80s. Yeah. Before back to Florida, yeah. And I was a kid. I was I don't know five, six years old. Like you know, I was. You watch Clock. <laughs> you were not watching <laughs> oh, no. Clockwork Orange. That's why. I didn't watch the movie, but, but I don't have many memories of being six. But I do remember these guys always watching this movie over and over. They were watching it obsessively. My right. brother watched it. You know, he was this skater punk thing, and he had his. Sure. Well, anyway, I won't get into what he was. Doing. Right, right, but right. He, he he was watching this movie with his friends over and over, and I always wanted to come and join him and just kind of hang with him and watch. And they this movie. said no. It Fascinating to me. I was like, what is this movie? And then they were so obsessed with it. And he had his poster and the poster was so cool and it tripped me out. I, I was always obsessed with this movie. Yeah. And then, so over time, like, what, you know, I finally wanted to watch this movie in full understanding it as an adult because I was a kid kind of popping sure, in sure. and trying to see in this thing. And yeah. my brother's like, yeah, watch it. And of course, my mom kills him that I, he's like, you can't let him watch this. What are you doing? So, you know, <laughs> it was this whole thing, you know, so getting of age to be able to watch it finally, you know, as more of an adult or watching it as a teenager, um, you know, it just blew my mind. The filmmaking and Kubrick. The style, the colors, no, the sounds. It's, it's, yeah, I, I'll tell you. Look, I, tell, I, I actually I went on a Kubrick run uh, a few years ago, where I just was. I became obsessed with Kubrick. Like I just went deep down dark into the Kubrick rabbit hole, and I read everything. I saw everything. I saw every documentary. I read every book. You know, analysis, everything. And I sat and watched all. Of, of course, all of them back to back. And I and I hadn't seen Clockwork Orange since I was a teenager, and when I watched it again, I was just in awe of like, oh my god! Like if this movie would come out today, it would be, you know, controversial. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. oh. if 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 just oh, it just showed up today, it would be so controversial and so impactful if it just showed up today. And I can't even imagine what happened when it was released in the in the 70s. Oh, yeah. yeah, 1970. You know, you look back it. and there was so much, especially like in the UK, there was all this like... Oh yeah, they banned it in the UK. Yeah, 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 yeah. It. it was just like, there's all these problems. So it did, it had that, that, uh, that effect. And obviously, of course, these things when they ban a movie and it, and it becomes, it almost really adds to the movie. Right, I'm right, curious. of course. People are like, hey, what is this about? So it kind of just sort of does... The, the lore, the, the, the myth. Right, yeah, yeah, it adds a lore to the movie and so it kind of creates a different effect than they, the people who hate the movie are going for. But... Yeah, I mean that, that that's that, a great movie. I love movie. We just definitely uh, love Kubrick, and even it's one of the, you know, as, as I was moving here, my dad knew I was like interested in film and the movie business, and he'd, he'd buy me books, and so he bought me some Kubrick books and things. And he was, as much as he didn't pay much attention to all this stuff, and he was kind of, yeah, he was aware enough to know that I, I liked him a lot and I loved the film, so he got me the book, and I so I read that Clockwork Orange book, and um, oh. and and also just all the different stuff on Kubrick and different filmmaker books and things of that nature. My dad sure, 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 sure. It was just a cool little gesture that he, he noticed that. You know, That's it was awesome. Thing, but he still knew that it was something that that I was into, and um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's you know, there's so many other. There's, oh, I, mean, I mean, no, no, the list. Stuff. But I think that's, yeah. that's a that's a good that's, good starting that, point. It has a certain personal thing for me, and you know, uh, and just just you know, the, the visual aspect of the poster, the story of the film. So so break, so, that, so like now you yeah, so now what you're gonna get now in in this year's submissions is you're gonna get a lot of Clockwork Orange ripoffs because everyone's gonna say, well, <laughs> yeah, Danny, yeah. Danny will love Clockwork Orange. We gotta yeah, do some Clockwork Orange. Something that they, you know they're gonna know that hey, I like this, and they're gonna try to well, hey, but if you do, it needs to be good. It, you know, you make, it makes it even harder. It's like you're in a harsher curve there. It's like, you can't come, you know, making a film that's you know a weak rip off of Clockwork Orange. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. That'd be bad. <laughs> we'll, we'll remember it for sure, but. <laughs> <laughs> so um so last question what is the most underrated film you've ever seen I, I i thought a lot about this before it's a it's a hard this is even hard it's the hardest question um I, i'm gonna take it back to 
to, to my days at Lionsgate and, and talk about. I'm going to say Warrior. I'm going to go with Warrior. Oh, man. What an underrated movie. Yeah, I'm going to go with Warrior because oh. some, of the, some stuff and it was like hard. It was like, oh, I was going to go this way. I mean, some of the movies aren't really over, underrated. So it's like, okay, they're not really underrated. So it's like, uh, that's Warrior it. is... If you guys haven't seen Warrior, yeah. it's I with Warrior, Tom Brady. I think I actually I felt good. I was like, wait, Warrior kind of rung off. I was like, wait, Warrior it has to be Warrior. There's a lot of reasons because not just underrated, but working on it, it was a tough thing to work on. We had a lot of problems with the movie. Mm-hmm. It did not sell theatrically at all. Like no. I thought it would, no. and it was it was a massive struggle, and it was a yeah, it's it was tough. Such a, but it was really tough. It was very stressful. But it's such a good movie. movie. Yeah, like, because when we screened it, so we screened the movie at CinemaCon in, in, in Vegas for all. Theater owners in the country. So yeah. everyone's here. Why huge theater? Giant. The Celine Dion Theater. It's, it's, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like thousand people in this place. Two thousand. It's a huge room. Uh-huh. People walking out of there. You have exhibitors and tears, and it's just like theater owners and te- like, oh man, this is this is like reminds me of my family. It was crazy. Like the emotion. Oh, like, because oh, we got you know. So everyone's like, I'm going to book this movie. I'm booking this. I want to book so, it's all this excitement from the clients coming uh-huh. out of it. Like uh-huh. all this, and then you get down to the tracking, and it wasn't there. And and the marketing wasn't working, and the audiences weren't really responding. You're like, "What is going on here?" It's a tough movie and, to sell. It's a yeah. you, it's it's basically an MMA movie, yeah. but it's not. But it's not. Exactly. It's not. It's MMA is a small part of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And, it was really tough because women thought it wasn't for them, but it, when it actually is, and then when they when the marketing found out about that, like, oh, women love this. So then it was like a push to to like channel on the yeah, marketing to women. Yeah. But then women don't really want to be marketed to the movie because the trailer doesn't speak to them. Right, and not them seeing the movie and knowing it when they see it. So it was this whole. I saw it in. The, I saw it in the theater, and all I remember is bawling, bawling. Yeah, it's an emotion, emotion. I was bawling great. during that movie. You know, it, it's great. It tugs at the heartstrings, and I, you know, it's it's nothing terribly original in some ways, obviously. But no, um, but it was just well uh, done. It's a good, yeah, well, well done and story. And the actors, obviously, oh. who they are now. You knew Tom Hardy was going to be the star, so knowing that was like this guy's going to blow up, and and being there at the time, the studio, everyone knew that he was going to be. This is before Batman, and so you're like, "Oh, this guy's going to be huge. He's amazing. Joel Edgerton's he's really good. So he's going to be good. great." And now they're both massive actors now, and they're both huge, like everyone thought they were going to be and knew yeah. they were going to be. Yeah, and now everyone goes back and it. looks at this movie and go, "Oh my yeah. god, this is." So I think it's going to be a movie that lives on DVD and VOD and Blu-ray and everything for years to come. People are going to look back and watch it and buy it, and it's going to be one of these things. Oh, let me let me see this movie, Tom Hardy, before he was Tom Hardy or whatever. This kind of thing. I think it's going to I think everybody whoever's listening to this today please if you haven't seen the warrior just it's called warrior yeah. go Warriors, Warriors great. I mean, go watch it yeah. go rent it go buy it it is amazing it really yeah, great, is a great, really great. Well, well so well acted drama family drama and Nick Nolte's awesome in the movie oh, it's amazing God, so it's awesome. like there's yeah I remember when we were screening it, we we're loving it we we're like oh you know you felt like such a Connection, like you want this thing to do well. You love the movie. We no, it made it, it made. I remember that year. It made a bunch of top ten lists. Like yeah, no, people love the movie. But, like, uh, but just box wise, totally flat. It, it, yeah, it no, just it, yeah. it was it was a Shawshank redemption of its year, sir. Because <laughs> yeah, 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 people did live on that way. That would be. It didn't make any money in the theater, no. but it picked up later yeah, on. In yeah, life. it could have that kind of that kind of life, especially those the and those two the stars of the movie at the time. You put them on the poster, no one knows who the hell these guys are. Right. You made that marketing campaign. Now, everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, Tom Hardy, shirt off, fighter." Okay, yeah, I'm there. You got I'm a done. Bunch of people want to see it. Women love him. But back then, everyone's like, "Who is this dude?" You know, yeah. it was like this kind of. You know, it's weird how all that works. But yeah, yeah, no, that's just the way it is, man. That's the way it yeah. is. So but, where, so, so where, so where can people find you? Learn about Holly shirts. Learn about the monthly screenings. Where yeah, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, so for the monthly screenings, our next one coming up is February 25th. The Chinese Theater. We do screenings once a month. The Chinese mm-hmm. uh, and the festivals in August. The monthlies go around that. So the summer we kind of block off just for the festival, and then fall and winter and spring we're doing the monthly screenings. Um, so the next one, February 25th, the Chinese Theater. All the information is at hollyshorts.com. 
the screening information, next monthly, the ticket links, all that stuff. Uh, submission inf- information as well for Without a Box and Film Freeway. We're listed on both of those and other sites, Click for Festivals, uh, Film Festival Life. Mm-hmm. So we're on all the different submission platforms for the festival. Uh, but you can find all those links on the website as well in the submission section for hollyshorts.com. And uh, yeah, that's, that's and your Facebook. Where's your, what's your social media? Holly Schwartz, well, Holly Schwartz Film Festival. So if you search Holly Schwartz Film Festival on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, you'll find us there. And um, Twitter, Twitter as well. Twitter's Holly Schwartz. Okay. So our, our, our handle's at Holly Schwartz. Same as Instagram. Instagram's also at Holly Schwartz. Mm-hmm. So just type in Holly Schwartz. Any of those platforms, you're gonna our stuff will come up for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that. We're also on our, on our Tumblr as well for Holly Schwartz Film Festival. So yeah, yeah, we're we're pretty easy to find. All that stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, we're on there, and I'm on there as well. And and yeah, you know that, we're we're looking for films always, and and relationships with filmmakers and sponsors and people who want to work with us. We're always trying to be open to engage and and, uh, and try to grow the festival and work with people and and, and try to make this thing uh, and put on a good show here. and put yeah, a, put, yeah, put on a good show. Yeah. Danny, man, thank you so much, man, for taking the time out to do this, brother. It was been it's been wonderful. Um, I hope everybody listening got a little bit of uh, an inside behind the scenes look at what it really takes to put a festival on. Uh, and and to listen to someone who really loves uh, film fest, fi- fi- filmmakers, films, and really cares about what they're doing. So, Dan, thanks again for coming on, man. Of course, yeah, thanks, Alex. Definitely. Hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, Danny and Theo have done an amazing job with Holly Shorts, man. I really wanted to spotlight what they've been doing and how they help filmmakers get the word out, man. So, um, also, I wanted to let you know, in the show notes, you will be able to get a code for submission this year, for this year's Holly Shorts Film Festival. So, if you are submitting to um, to the festival, uh, go to IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash 055, and I will have some coupon codes there so you can submit to Holly Shorts at a discount. Danny was uh, nice enough to give us that. And by the way, I am not getting paid a dime for this, for anything. I, I literally, full disclosure, just love Holly Shorts, love what these guys are doing, what they've done, and they'll always have a special place in my heart for taking care of me as a filmmaker so many years ago and uh, just wanted to pass the love along, guys. So you guys are now aware that I am in a soft pre-production on uh, my new film, Anya, and we are creating that membership site that we keep talking about and building it all up soon. But if you want to get be the first to get in on this whole membership site about how we're making the movie, get the behind the scenes of actually what it takes to make a real independent film in today's world, head over to IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash full access. So you'll be the first one to be notified when it goes live in the next few weeks or so. And you will get a discount on the monthly subscription uh, cost because you were early adopter because you jumped in first. So give it a shot, guys. IndieFilmHustle.com forward slash full access. And don't forget to head over to uh, FilmmakingPodcast.com. That's FilmmakingPodcast.com. And leave us an honest review on the show. It really helps us out a lot to get the word out on what we're trying to do for filmmakers all around the world. So as always, guys, keep that hustle going. Keep that dream alive. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Indie Film Hustle podcast at IndieFilmHustle.com. That's I-N-D-I-E-F-I-L-M-H-U-S-T-L-E.com. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. 
Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia. Your Total Wine & More store is ready to serve you with our always low prices on an incredible 8,000 wines and 2,500 beers. Want it today? Try our same-day delivery or contactless curbside pickup at TotalWine.com. Whether you're grabbing your favorite beer or pouring a glass to enjoy an evening on the deck, Total Wine & More has you covered. Visit any of our 12 stores in Northern Virginia.